All right, my friends, thanks for tuning into the podcast, where, as always, we'll discuss the professional literature and the evidence-based protocol as they relate to the effective treatment of clinically significant anxiety symptoms. I'm Chris Lines, licensed psychotherapist and OCD spectrum disorders treatment specialist, and this, well, this is OCD Straight Talk. Yeah, and while I'm sure, and I really am, that this observation is not unique to me as a practitioner, um, I, I did sort of come to refer to it as the banana peel effect. And the banana peel effect is kind of the idea where the the power differential in our interaction with the OCD shifts from uh, favoring us to favoring the OCD. And the, the, the notion of it was when, when individuals would, let's say, you know, let's say they're in a situation that maybe they're expecting, they might have some intrusive thoughts um, and, uh, and they start to have some, you know, some, some obsessional experiences going on and, and, and you know the the OCD is chirping at them a little bit, and and the anxiety is starting to creep up, and and maybe they're they're feeling you know uncomfortable, and 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 the distress is is for sure it's there. Maybe it's still at a manageable level, but it's you know but it's it's getting it's getting harder, um, and and a lot of patients would sort of report giving in a little bit. Um, by way of some kind of insignificant we might call micro compulsion. It's this kind of idiosyncratic, unique to them kind of response to the anxiety, um, you know, whatever that might be. But what, what they would report was, and when I did that, what I found was it was then like really, uh, really difficult to, um, resist and prevent the next compulsion. Right. Um, and, and and I sort of created this this uh, this position of vulnerability for myself by by doing a little bit of a compulsion, my ability to resist dramatically decreased, and and I and and the power differential shifted to the OCD. Now all of a sudden, it had the leverage and it had the upper hand, and it wasn't going to to get bored with playing with me. It was just going to go, go at me all day now, right? This, this kind of thing. And, um, and then we'd, we'd give into the second com- compulsion and then trying to somehow resist the third one and prevent the third. One, it became very quickly a losing battle. There's no sense in which I really have much, much power anymore. Now I think that that is in fairness, a bit of an illusion, but it's a very common report. No question. Lots and lots of people will, will, sort of describe again, what I'm calling here, the banana peel effect. Uh, and, and so, you know, we'll talk about it in, in session and these specific circumstances, not just the, the general concept of the banana peel effect, but we'll talk about the specific situations where this seemed to play out. Right. And, and we use it as a, it's a learning experience. It becomes something of a tool that we can plan, um, uh, we can use to plan uh, future 
interactions and engagements with the OCD. And so we can kind of say, well, I know next time from experience now that when I give into the first one, that all bets are off. Like I'm fucked. I know that. I know that. So what I really need to work to do is to hang in there harder, longer, right? And and to um, and to really work to dig in my heels to resist and to prevent the first one, right? And uh, and then we'll end up, you know, talking the following week. And it's like, well, how things go? You know, it was it was it was a really helpful idea to not give into the first one. And and again, it becomes a learning experience that we can kind of look at the two experiences in contradistinction to each other, meaning in parallel and and c- comparing one experience and outcome to the other experience and outcome and say, okay, look, the banana peel effect is. That's a real thing, man. And and when I give in the first time, the power differential shifts and the OCD is on my ass, right? And so what I have to do is to work to just not give in the first time. Just don't, nope, 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 right? And eventually what starts to happen is that that habituation uh, element and, and the reduction in the frequency of those intrusive thoughts. And it might take, I'm not saying it's going to like you throw a couple quarters in a machine and out pops a friggin' soda. Like, I'm not saying that it's not going to be in this instantaneous, um, super quick, easy reward kind of dynamic. That's not what I'm talking about. But, but, uh, but what, what I'm saying is that over the course of, of, uh, you know, tens of minutes, we're talking 25, 35, 40 minutes, uh, maybe less than that. Hey, that'd be great. And, and, and perhaps so, but the literature seems to be relatively clear that we're talking about something like 25 to 45 minutes is, is where we're going to begin to experience something of that reduction in anxiety. And then ultimately something of a, of a genuine, um, uh, change in the distress level around the 45 to 60 minute mark. So, I mean, I'm, uh, that's obviously different for different people and, and the literature isn't written about me. It's not written about you, right? It's, it's written, uh, it's written statistically in light of, uh, you know, a large pool of, of subjects or, or individuals that are being studied. Uh, so there might be some variety for you. Maybe it's a little bit longer. Maybe it's a little bit shorter. You follow what I'm saying, but the point of it is that when we give into a little bit, a little bit of a compulsion, uh, our, our ability to resist uh, becomes dramatically, uh, uh, it, it decreases in a significant way. I think that it's important at some point, though, to be able to say that, yeah, but you can stop compulsions at any time. And, and, and I think that that is one of those things, you know, otherwise we start to kind of talk about ourselves like we're victims of the OCD. And I don't think that that kind of language is helpful at all. Right. I think a lot of people are going to sort of relate to that and say, well, that's the way it feels. And I'm not saying it doesn't. But I think that when we start to kind of use the language of I can't stop the compulsions, it's like, dude, you're doing yourself a pretty significant disservice. You know, I'm just saying I'm not not trying to be insensitive. I'm just saying that when you start using language like I can't stop, like you're cheating yourself. You can. You just haven't yet. You know, but the idea of I can't stop is like there's no hope for change. There's no hope for a different future. If you can't stop, then this is the way it's always going to be. And the fact of the matter is the the statistics are quite clear that uh, that's not the case, right? The outcome data couldn't be clearer that the treatment is effective and that people can create changes and that they do create changes. 
and so on. We just have to work harder at it, you know? And so I think that even when, you know, you succumb to the banana peel effect and off to the fucking races you go, it doesn't mean that you can't stop. You can, it's just harder. So, you know, you got to put on your big boy pants and fucking work harder at it. Stop, stop doing it. Right. And know that, okay. And now the, the OCD is all like hot and bothered and it's going to, it's going to hit you harder because you stopped. And you know, that that's just what it is. You know, we're going to have to, we're just going to have to fight harder. And, and, and uh, so I think that it's important to be able to bear in mind that when we start stopping is even harder than stopping is before we start, right? So keeping that piece in mind, and maybe for some people, they're a little bit lost. Oh, like, wait a second. What are you talking about stopping and starting? Uh, what I mean to say is, uh, is sort of these like mini episodes within the OCD. Like maybe I'll have four or five or six or eight or 10 episodes within a, within a day. If you follow, maybe other, others of us might have, you know, one or two episodes. And again, by episodes, I sort of mean these, sometimes people will refer to these as like loops, like, and not everybody describes them that way. Some people just describe them. Like I, you know, I remember one patient would describe them as OCDs, right? My OCDs. And, and, she, and, you know, I know what she meant and, and, uh, and I assume that you know what she means and, and that's fine. And other people call them loops. And again, I know what they mean. And I assume, you know what they mean. Um, or, or I'm referring to them as episodes and you know, whatever, you know, whatever you want to call them, but you follow, we'll go through these sort of times of the day when we have maybe more thoughts and we engage more compulsions and then things like settle down for, you know, some period of time. And then they'll, they'll, they'll hit us up again and, you know, and, and off we go, you follow what I'm saying. And I think that what I'm saying, don't start, I'm talking about the individual episodes you know, that the thoughts are going to sort of knock on the door and say, Hey, Hey, you want to come out and play? And, um, you know, and it's like, well, yeah, you know what? I'll give you five minutes. Like, how about, how about fuck no? How about fuck no? How about that? How about, you know, go fuck yourself? No, I'm not coming out and playing, you know, you know, none of that stuff. So I, I think that that's, that's the, the, um, the, the, the better strategy than, yeah, you know what? Sure. I, okay. Yeah. Oh, sure. I'll be out. Give me a minute. You know, fuck that. Well, that's it for another episode of OCD Straight Talk. Feel free to reach out with any questions you might have to chrislines04 at gmail.com. If you found the podcast helpful, consider giving it a five-star rating or support OCD Straight Talk to help us produce more content. <laughs>